Hi, this is Dan. And this is Joe. And this is Enough Room. Hello again. And welcome back. That's another week. Back um, like a boomerang. <laughs> and that's back again. <laughs> um, yes, yes. Thank you very much for joining us again. And um, after last week, there is, uh, yeah, there is a lot to yeah. follow up on. So many questions, so many um thoughts and emotions going through my mind yeah. um a lot of the messages that we get on you know instagram and facebook um a lot of the comments on there are around the stories that we get to share and um while listening to nigel's bit last week i was just thinking in my mind how while very sad um and you know and just challenging to hear um it is a story that, you know, we see and we hear. It may not necessarily be the same, but echoes of that story are heard um, in almost every other LGBT story that we hear. Mm. Um, it's coming out is not always easy. And especially when you, you know that situation. Um, yeah, it, it takes a lot of courage and strength. Um, so yeah, big ups to Nigel for that. Um, and we actually have Nigel and Daniel still yes. with us. <laughs> Welcome back. Hi guys. Hello. 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 <laughs> wow. So where to, um, where to begin? I think, um, <laughs> I think probably one thing that really, um, I guess I'm, I'm particularly interested in is, um, Nigel, are you, do you still class yourself as an Adventist? Do you still attend church? I I don't attend church. I don't. You could call it, I guess, a bit of fear or cowardice. <laughs> um, but being such a prominent figure within the church community, um, I didn't. It no longer felt like a safe place once I had revealed my sexuality and journey which happened a few months after I resigned. Um, yeah, I, I tried to go, uh, felt very self-conscious, literally heard people <laughs> talking about me, around me. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't, it's, it's different when you go back. And you went, you went from being someone who was like, you know, the pastor played probably the biggest role um, leadership wise within a church to now no longer being able to participate beyond just someone who's in a seat. Being a real outcast yeah. from the church's perspective. Yeah. yeah. It's, and I think that, that that's just... A, that for me is is, uh, is really sad to hear because you you were saying earlier you grew up in an Adventist family yeah um, and so I guess you know Adventism has always been a part of your life and yeah. and the church has um, probably just um, always been a huge part of your identity in a sense yeah. um, so I think that it's sad to hear that the church can. Um, I don't know. It can, it can just be so dismissive in a sense, and 
and just push people out so easily. Yeah. Um, and they don't even seem to think of the consequences. Yeah. Of... I was talking to a friend um, and um, I was thinking why I didn't feel like going to church as frequent as I used to go. Because I used to go every Saturday. I used to wake up and be like, hey, yay, it's time to go to church exciting like i was always sleepy classic all yeah. hunters know that you're always like super <laughs> sleepy and unhappy to go to yeah. church but when you don't go you feel like oh my goodness i didn't go to church yeah. um, so for me it was this exciting thing to do and then it was becoming less and less exciting um after i came out and, and everything and i just couldn't understand why that was happening because I told myself that I was going to keep going to church no matter what, no matter if people, <laughs> no matter if people at church was looking at funny at me or, or talking about me. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is my place. I know that I belong here. I was, <laughs> I was accepted to yesterday. So now that you know this, you have to deal with God and with me, yeah. you have something to say. Otherwise, um, you have to love me because that's, that's what you're supposed to do here. Um, and then at the beginning, it was funny because I saw some people that when I arrived at church, they would hug me, they would make jokes and they were just avoiding me, literally avoiding me because wow. Brazilians are very expressive, expressive. They hug, they kiss, they talk, they touch. And that's, that's part of our culture. Um, and some people, they used to do that with me. They, they were just avoiding me and pretending that I wasn't in front of them and it was so obvious and and a little bit embarrassing but at the same time I told myself that I was going and no matter what so it was there and that didn't affect me and that I accept that they had to take their time to process because the advantage in the Brazilian culture is it's not it's very traditional so you you don't see gay people at church and you know that they're gay even though they don't have any role but normally if you don't see many gay people at church just just being at church um because it's frigid and it's thought that you 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 insane and you you have to repent and you need Mm -hmm. otherwise you're going to hell um so i was like they they are taking they need to take their time to accept me and to process because it might be the first time that they know someone that is gay and is going to church and they and they don't know yet how to deal with this reality so i was trying to be as like empathic as i could be um but when i was talking to this friend i was like yeah i think now i get why i don't get excited i'm, I'm losing my excitement to go to church it's just because i cannot do anything at church anymore yeah i can literally not do anything and that's that became clear to me one day um because i used to help with the sound and i used to help with everything that i knew there was a gap and no one was was there to do so i would just jump into it and there was this day when i was at church that someone was missing on the sound just to press the button to pass the slides of the songs and um i went there and i sit on the the seat i asked the, the guy I was there, I was like, do you want me to help you? And he's like, yes, please, because I cannot do everything by myself. 
And then I just sit there and I was just pressing the button to, to change the lyrics. And Anelda came like 10 seconds after that. And he was, oh, oh, I, I can help him. Don't worry. You, you can, you can, you can see, you can see it. You can go with your seat. It's so, it's so good. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, don't worry. And he, he tried to tell me that he was doing that because I didn't have to concern myself about it or I could just watch and enjoy. But like he knew me, he knew what I used to do. He used to work with me. He was the elder of my department. And uh, I was pretty obvious to everyone. I was really awkward. Like the other guy, he was looked at me and he didn't know what to do. And I was like, oh, oh, cool. Thank you. No worries. I was, yeah, I just saw that he, he needs some help. Um, and after that, that was just like yeah. inside me and my other friends at church, they were like, oh, Oh, I'm sorry that that happened and and everything. And I think that slowly started to like without me realizing to like remove the idea of why am I going to church? Because you go to church to my at least for me it was always going to church to help to make sure that other people was learning they had like a, a a decent space to worship and 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 do what they had to do to like see christ learn about christ and now i just i was useless at church so was, i think that i just feel like i don't need to go to church anymore because like i know jesus loved me i have a relationship with him and the fact that I don't have the fellowship anymore, that I that the fact that I go to church and I'm just there for nothing, it it yeah. means that driving for one hour to go to church on Saturday, it's a little bit pointless. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So. Wow. Mm. I'm 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 so sorry to hear that as well. Um, like I I'm sitting here listening to you and I can just I feel so hurt. Mm. <laughs> um. And yeah, I'm I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, that is painful. That is so painful. And for a lot of people who'd be listening to you speak, they would feel and they would hear that pain as well. And the question would then be asked, why would you still, because you said you still love God, why would you still believe in God if this is how the church of people who claim to represent him mm. behave. Mm. So why, why do you still believe in God, uh, Daniel? I think everything that I learned about God and how he's loving, he always wants the best for us. It's what matters. And I also learned that I should never base my loves God for me on what people that follow him do. Um, and that was something that was always very strong in my mind. And I was like, I don't go to church um, to see what people are doing or to, I don't expect them to be perfect or to do what is in the Bible or to behave like Jesus. I just expect them to try and that's what I expect from me too. And I was like, if I 
accept them to I, I expect them to be loving and and try to do what Jesus does I should do the same so if I see them doing something that I don't think it's very Christian I'll, I should just pray for them and just be like oh they are not there yet church for me I see as a as a religion and a, a group of people but when I say church I'm not talking about like the the church community and I don't know if I, I can explain that but it's just like like I think we we are a church you know it doesn't matter that you're in a building or not uh, if you are a group of people that believe uh, it doesn't matter how you you're united if you if you're just virtually talking if you just an Instagram account that's a church for me that's a group of people that believe in God they're trying their best and they they try to believe in other um, in each other and trying to help each other um, and that's where the church I used to go lost a little bit its power because I felt that it was a group that if you didn't fit that you were not accepted they they say that you are but you're not because for as someone that was there that was inside and was part of everything I could see what was the difference and I also could measure the experience that I also had a friend that left church and she, she came out and she found out that she was a lesbian and and she she left church and I never got why she stopped going to church I was like I don't get why she stopped um, because I feel like at least for me I still love her I treat her the same I love when she comes and she hang out and now I see why it's because you just feel this little um, discreet um, weird treatments and they're like social thing and people they used to invite you they don't invite you and they're like things and and you just start to see that you're being like excluded of some things because you're bad influence that you you don't fit you you just mm. would just be oh he'll bring Nigel so that might not be like very good because we might be showing that we support <laughs> this and and you know and it, it's it's so some mm -hmm. it's a lot of little things that people think they are so harmless and they are nothing. But I am a very perceptive person and I'm I'm very quiet. And you might think that that's not true because I'm talking a lot <laughs> right now. But I, I'm, I'm very quiet and very I, I observe a lot. So I normally know how people behave about things. People that I know, people that I I, I live with, that I interact and. Lots of those things. It was so clear to me that I was just like, "Oh my goodness!" It's it's interesting how much the church thinks that they can just sort of say, "Oh, it's fine. You're welcome. We we don't reject you as a person," or and yet they don't realize how much their actions say. And mm -hmm. the fact that you're not allowed to get out the front, you're not mm -hmm. allowed to get involved. Mm -hmm. um, there is just that sense of. Oh, people are a bit awkward. They don't know how to talk to you. They mm. they maybe just stop talking to you, mm. and they don't realize the just how much that says to us. Mm. Yeah. Um, it, I'm actually surprised at how um, I guess oblivious the church is <laughs> to, to just how impactful their actions are, or mm. in some cases lack 
of actions. Mm. Uh, yeah, I've been I've been thinking about that because I'm like, do they know? Um, and I I'm trying to work with this idea. Um, I have a friend. He when we talk, he's like, we need to tell people when they're doing something wrong because they might not be aware they're doing something wrong. And if we don't tell them, we cannot expect them to to change because they might not know. They eventually one day will realize, but that might take a long time and you might not have that time. So it's good that we tell people, that we make them accountable of what they're doing and and what hurts you and, and it's not nice. So I've been thinking about that and I will I'm planning to eventually talk to someone and be, and be open about this because I think it will help them to grow yeah. and it will also be very good for me because, yeah, I realized that I feel hurt. I didn't know. <laughs> and it's 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 funny. Now it's funny in a way because I didn't know that I was, I was, I had this inside me that I was sad, I was feeling rejected even though everyone was saying that I wasn't. Um, and yeah. you, I thought about it, and yeah, yeah. Well, Dan and I um, are watching a series at the moment. Um, it's by uh, what's the name of the church again? Uh, uh, Mount Rubidoux. Rubidoux in the states. Uh, Mount Rubidoux SDA. Yeah, that's the one. And they're currently going through Revelation. And their series is titled um, Revelation of Racism. Um, and they're basically going back into Revelation with a lens of, it's an African-American church, so with a lens of uh, African-Americans and the history of slavery and racism uh, racism um, in the U.S., both mm. in the past and at the moment. And it was so interesting listening to them Mm. Um, talk about, you know, uh, just looking at Revelation through that lens and how things start popping up about people who are oppressed, about people, mm. um, you know, even looking at, um, and, and I think this is a good example, looking at the beasts, um, you know, and um, causing everyone to worship it uh, sort of thing. And normally as Adventist Christians, we tend to look at that and go, oh, I know exactly who that person is. Um, but something interesting that came out of this, the, this series that I sort of caught on to was that the main part of this beast in Revelation seems to be dictating mm. worship, not only what worship looks like, yep. um, but also the characteristics that constitute true worship. Yep. Um, and in today's world, it's interesting how much the church, and I'm just saying the church in general, tries to dictate what true believers look like, mm. what true worshippers look like. And those who don't fit into that, you know, that mold, yes. you get chucked out automatically. Um, Dan used to sing so much, and it's mm. it's interesting how, you know, he hasn't received any invitations um, recently. Um, and so uh, it's interesting how, again, going back to that, how much the church tries so hard to define what true worshipers and true believers yep. look like. And um, something that really struck me when we were watching last week or over the weekend was um, 
this chapter in Revelation 6. And I've always read these verses and I've always had, you know, this understanding that, um, and this is between uh, verses 9 and 11, where it talks about the lamb, uh, you know, opening up the fifth seal. Yeah. And when he opens up the fifth seal, the souls of those who were slain because of the word of God and the mm-hmm. testimony they had maintained, you can hear them crying out. Mm. And I've always had this idea in my mind, you know, sort of a historicist view of who these people were that were slain. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting that these people are calling out to God for judgment and asking how long until you judge. Mm. And it was interesting how they then married this up with the voices of the oppressed, not just people who died in the wilderness trying to hold on to the faith of God, but today, the voices of the oppressed, the voices of those who've been cast away, who've been cast out. Mm. Um, and just listening to um, to you, Daniel, and to you as well, Nigel, I can only like imagine how this story sort of echoes with so many of our listeners right now. Um, and how those voices are not just yours, but you know, across this world, um, the many people who face the same sort of hurt, and just how much God, God's heart, must break mm. when He hears them. And you know, when I'm reading this verse now, I I can't read it the same way again because now when mm. I read this chapter in Revelation, all I hear is the voices of my LGBT plus brothers and sisters. Yeah. All I hear is the voices of um, my brothers and sisters who might be, uh, you know, a person of color. Um, Mm. The oppressed are right here around us. And I I really hope if people are listening right now that they're listening to your stories um, because this is just like hard hitting and it goes to the very core Mm. of who we are as Christians or who we claim to be um, as Christians. Yeah. It's interesting listening to... Um, I guess all of these experiences that you've had with the church and, um, you know, talking earlier about um, why that hasn't necessarily impacted your um, belief in God or love for God. Mm. I think I'm, I'm interested to, I guess, know what impact, if any, this whole experience has had for both of you on your, uh, I guess, on your faith. Um, has it sort of um, changed your faith in a way? Because obviously you've, in a sense, you've lost that connection with the church that you used to have. Mm. Um, and so has it forced you to sort of change how you deal with your faith, how you connect with God, how um, how you process your beliefs? For me, it became very hard because I realized that I was dependent of the church to to study to to have a daily relationship when i see me now and i think about myself before i see that so many people i know are in the same situation because it when you grow in church and you it, you just that's your world. That's your natural thing. And you don't think much about some stuff. Some people do. I have friends that they, 
they just they grew up in church but they they decided they want to explore and they want to make sure that they were doing the right thing but for me it was so so right it was so obvious that that was the right thing that i never put effort on doing it and then i lost the connection with the church because i yeah i'll tell the story how i i came out later i was forced out i was i was pushed out um uh, and then i had to eventually say uh send a letter requesting to be removed from church um and uh when i was about to send a, a mail i was thinking oh how what am i going to do now how am i going to have a, a relationship with god because this is the way I do. This is the the church is the way I do, and I, I don't know how to do it now. And I, I can sincerely say that I'm still trying to figure that out. Mm. It's yeah. uh, it's being yeah, it's being very interesting because now I realize that yeah, the I the church was the scratch that I I was like I, I depended on the church to do that. I wasn't. I wasn't seeking for myself and I don't know how to do that now. Mm. Wow. Yeah. wow. Wow. I, I, I definitely hear and, um, you know, agree with you even when coming out mm. um, and also writing into the church to remove my membership. I felt like I was losing my life because I felt like, you know, this is the church I'd grown up with, but on, not only that, I had somehow equated the church with heaven. Yeah. And now that I was removing my name from the church role, it was like I was almost removing my name from the book of life. Mm. Um, <laughs> you know, that's me. Mm. Um, but now I'm at a stage where I could see, and I've said this before, and I don't know how blasphemous it is, um, <laughs> but you know, there's almost no difference for me now about having my church on a, uh, my name on a church role versus a sausage roll sort of thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Vegetarian sausage roll. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's funny how we've made church and we've made the church roll, we've made membership such a huge big deal. And it's interesting how that's exactly what people then use to exclude people like us. For me, for me the biggest thing was that I I was like, ah, if I go to another city, if I go to another country, if I go to a, a church, I cannot say that I am Adventist anymore because I am not technically Adventist. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, when I came to New Zealand, that was the thing. I went to church and I was like, yes, I am Adventist. I'm from Brazil and I am Adventist. <laughs> and I was like, I am not part of the the mm. club anymore. Mm. Not in a bad way, it sounds like, but it feels like you, you're not part of the club. You... And 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 they took that away from you, or you you took your name out of it because you're not part of it anymore. But yeah. the problem is that it's not clear for people, and if mm. for yourself at the beginning, that that doesn't mean that you're not part of the Heaven Club anymore. <laughs> they yeah, mean yeah, you yeah. are that part of the Heaven true. Club, and and that that's not the same thing. If you remove your name from the church, that doesn't mean that you automatically having your, your name crossed in heaven. We all have to always remind ourselves that it doesn't matter if my name is, is in a computer somewhere saying that I am part of the Adventist <laughs> church. 
because that's literally what it is. If you you go to church, if you still have a community and people still love you and you know that God loves you and no matter what, and if you do something wrong, you can always talk to him and, 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 and ask for forgiveness, ask for help. That's what matters. But that's where your name is, and that's that's the real important place for your name to be at. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Enough Room. We'll be dropping another episode in about a week's time. So until then, follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Till next time. Bye.